scripture being today this was today's Bible reading that we're doing through Proverbs that's strengthened by wisdom. Just one verse, Proverbs 24, verse 16, from the NLT version says, The godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. But one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. That's the reading for today. And I know most of you are already thinking that means a long preach. A short Bible reading means a long preach. Well, Lindsay, who's on the tech team and put on the screen, asked me what my scripture was for today. And I told her that one. She says, only the one verse. I says, yes. And she expressed the heart of everyone here. And she went, oh, no, man. (laughs) Let me try and reassure you, it won't be that long. You might at the end think, oh, no, man, but don't think it. Just now, the verse, the godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. But one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. The godly, the righteous, in the Old Testament, talks about godly, but in the New Testament, we are the godly, we are the righteous. Some versions would say righteous. 2 Corinthians 5, 21 says, in Jesus, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Christ. We are the righteous in God. You know Jesus Christ. You're the godly. You're the righteous. Whatever uh, term you want to use about it. So this verse is talking about us. It's an Old Testament scripture, but it's talking about us because we have that imputed righteousness, that godliness that comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And though most commentators would say the context is not about what we call selling, sinning or failing in a spiritual walk or lapsing in a walk with God, though it's part of what it is. It's broader than that. The emphasis is falling into like calamity or tribulation or trouble. It's not talking just about us sinning for God. It's talking about how trouble hits us and it knocks us down. It talks about calamity. The reality is of life. Even as a follower of Jesus Christ, you're not immune to problems in the world. Problems come into our life. Jesus said, in the world, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have problems. You're going to have trials. You're going to have sorrows. You can read it in John 16. But take heart, I've overcome the world. There's a sense in which medical, but you get a vaccine for something, whether it's COVID or anything, it doesn't automatically prevent you from taking it, but it means there's less effect on you if you do take it, I believe. Now, please don't compare them, because a sense in which you live in this world, you're going to have trouble. But when you've got Jesus Christ in your life, I want to tell you, it doesn't say you won't have trouble. But when trouble hits, there's a power, there's a strength, there's a joy, there's a love, there's a hope, there's a something in his name, which means we're not immune, but we can go on. We don't need to get knocked down. We can keep going. We can keep going. And I want to briefly look at this. And the Bible says here, but though he may fall seven times, the godly may fall seven times times. No, it doesn't literally mean seven times. No, when the Bible talks, numbers are important. I'm not going into the, all the thing about numbers in the Bible, uh, but seven, it's perfection, it's completeness, and it's basically saying it doesn't matter how many times you fall. You can get back up again. But we're going to look at seven areas of falling or calamity, if you like. It's calamities we're talking about. I nearly entitled it calamity pain for the message, but I thought, no, that's not going to work. D. 
David told me that wouldn't work. Then I nearly had seven highs for seven lows instead of seven brides for seven brothers. But thought that wouldn't work either. So it's rising again because I wanted more positive emphasis on it. We can look at seven people very briefly, honestly. Hang in there. Seven people who get into trouble or had calamity in their lives. David was the first, and that was a lapse, a sin, a, a mess up in his life. King David, a, an incredible example, he committed adultery, and not only that, he, he planned a murder of the, the woman's uh, husband, premeditated, planned murder. I mean, it was terrible. What David did was awful. It was shameful. It was a fall. It was a knockdown. He tripped up. He was down. That was a downer in his life, and this was a good man. But you know how you get up again? Because you, you ask for forgiveness. You repent before God, and you embrace the grace that God gives you. Psalm 51, this is the response. Purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I'll be whiter than sun. I know that sin and mess-ups and we fail and we blow it, it knocks us down. It makes us sometimes that we can't even lift our head, never mind lifting our spirits or our souls or our hearts. It knocks us down when we know we mess up. We get down. But the way to get up is to confess your sin. Jesus, John says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all and unrighteousness. They will get up again. Psalm 37, 24 says this, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he will not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. The Lord upholds you. you. Maybe you've messed up. Maybe you've said, maybe you're feeling a bit low because you know you've blown it and you've messed up today. I want to tell you that because you've messed up doesn't mean that you're going to lose forever. A boxer is not beat because he gets knocked down. A boxer is beat because he doesn't get back up. It's not the knocking down. It's how you react when you mess up, which is important. And wisdom, wisdom cries, keep repenting, keep embracing the grace of God. You may be thinking, oops, I've done it again. I've blown it. I've done it again. And again, God must surely be running out of grace in my life. He must run out of forgiveness. He must run out of patience in my life. If people only knew how much sin was abounding in my life. Let me put it this way. If you only knew how much more grace was abounding in your life. You've maybe messed up. You've maybe failed. Now, just because you've done it once, don't keep on doing it. God forbid Paul writes in Romans chapter 5. Romans uh, chapter 6, sorry. But Romans 5, he says, where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. And maybe today you've been knocked down because you've messed up. You know you've messed up. You may be thinking, oh, if only people knew what I'd done. I want to tell you, God knows. And God says, you come to me. And the, one, the way to get up again is to just keep repenting and coming to God and receiving his forgiveness, his grace, and his mercy in your life. Moses, number two, told you to be quick. There's a calamity of failure, the calamity of barriers in your life. Moses knew calamity in his life. The NIV version for this verse of it says, For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again, but the wicked stumble when calamity strikes. The context, what do you do when calamity strikes? What, how do you react when calamity strikes? Moses, in chapter 14, he'd already experienced the high of delivering God's people from slavery. What a buzz, what a feel-good fact that was. Just imagine you've been there after those years of slavery and just been led out. And Moses has been the man to lead, uh, the privilege of leading God's people out of that. Wow, awesome. But from that high came the despair 
of the Egyptian army following them and a Red Sea in front of them. There was no way through. There was just barriers behind. There was problems behind. The pass was catching up. The Egyptian army was chasing them. They started this journey. They started this journey and it started great and it was wonderful. They said they started going to the, the, on holiday and then they got to the airport and there was a 12-hour delay. No, not like that. But listen, what do you do? What do you do? There's no way. You've begun a journey. But you've, this is great. This walk of faith is great. We're on it. But then you hit barriers, stumble blocks, if you like. Those that are shut. What do you do? They came to the Red Sea. And all the people who thought Moses was the, the greatest thing on earth turned. You're to blame for this, Moses. Why did you bring us out of here to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? We don't know where, we can't see a way forward. And sometimes it's easier to go back the way because there's a comfort in knowing what was there. Even if it's not great, there was a comfort. I wish we were back there. We knew that. that we don't know what the future's holding here. We're just going, but we don't know. And sometimes in our walk, it's easier to go back because we're scared of the future. We don't see the future. There's barriers. We don't see any progress in our walk with God. We think, oh, no, others seem to go on well, but we are not, and we can't see the barriers. What do you do? Moses turns to God, and this is what God says. Tell him to keep going. Just tell him to keep going. Tell him to don't look back in anger or anything else. Just don't look back in anything. He says, tell my people to keep going. But there's barriers. We can't see light at the end of the tunnel. We can't see the future. God says, you keep going. We've been put down because we're scared, because we see the past is beginning to catch up, and, and there's barriers. There's no way forward. We, God says, keep going. Do you know what? Because I'm a way maker. I'm a way maker. I can make a way when there's no way. But what you need to do is keep going. And maybe today you see barriers in your walk and you're a bit, oh, I want to get back a bit because I can get back and I'm comfortable in the knowledge of what was there. There's an unknown in front of me and I can't see. I'm in a tunnel and I can't see. This is what God says to you today, to get back up again and to keep going. To keep going. Because as you keep going step by step as you move forward, God will make a way where there is no way. And God's got a greater future for you than you think. Number three, the calamity of persecution. Shadrach, Misha, and Abednego. Shake the bed, make the bed, in you go. Uh, your shack, my shack, and a bungalow. I've heard them all. I really have. But in the book of Daniel, we read about three great guys. They're promoted to the king's team. Then the new cabinet, members of government. Success in the world's eyes. They're on a high. They're godly men. These are great guys, these three. But then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, gets a bit of... Uh, but sure himself decides to build a, a statue for himself and everybody is conned in to get everybody to bow down before them. But SM and A for short decide, no, we're not doing that. We're not going to do that. We only bow to one. We're not bound to that. We're not bound to you. They were in the high. They were in great positions in government. And then everybody's against them. And they end up getting thrown into a fiery furnace. But their attitude is magnificent. God will deliver us. And even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, we're going to keep standing. We're going to keep standing for righteousness. We're going to keep standing for truth. We're going to keep standing for the name of our God. No matter what, how you persecute us, no matter what you say about us, no matter what you do to us, we're down, we're on a high, but now you're putting us in a, oh, this is a calamity. 
we are going into a fiery furnace. Do you know what happened in the fiery furnace? All that happened is they were loosed. They were set free in the furnace. And know what happened? The whole the king and the whole nation turned to God and they get a bit an even bigger promotion. That's what it says about them. They promoted them to an even higher position in the province of Babylon. You may be getting persecuted. You may be fueled for your faith or for your honoring God. You're getting persecuted and it's getting you down a bit. Today I want to encourage you. You know what you need to do to get back up? You need to keep standing. And you keep standing for what is right. Keep standing for what is true. Keep standing for the honor of God and for the word of God. And when you do that, God will lift you up. And he'll take you back up to higher places than you've ever been. Number four, told you they were quick. I'll take my time with some of them. Noah had the calamity of ridicule. In some ways, story of Noah. This is what the Bible says of Noah. He was a righteous man. The only blameless person living on earth. Imagine that being said about you. And at that time, and he walked in close fellowship with God. That's a pretty good CV comment to have. Somebody, God says, build on that. It's going to rain, I'm going to flood the earth. Now you need to recognize the context. It had never rained at all, ever. It never rained. The weather was like what it was at the beginning of the week all the time. There was no rain. Rain was a, it was, what do you mean rain? We don't get rain. It came up from the ground. It never rained and God says, you need to do something. You need to build an ark because I'm going to flood. The place is going to be flooded with rain. And so for years, commentators are not sure. Some say between 20 and 120, more say 50 to 70 years it took him to build this ark. But every day the people are saying, what is all that about, Noah? No, no, what? you've lost it, man. What are you doing? Yeah, it's going to get, the rain's going to come and flood it. What are you talking about? You're talking nonsense. Let's all laugh at Noah. Let's all laugh at Noah type of thing every day. But you know what he did? He kept building. He kept building his life. He kept building the ark. You know, maybe people are ridiculing you for different things, but you need to keep building. You need to keep building your life. And do you know what he was building? It wasn't just building for him. He was building for the generations coming after him. Okay, because in that ark, him and his sons, that wasn't just about Noah. People were ridiculing him, but he was investing in the generations to come. People were knocking him down. He was a great guy, but then people started ridiculing him. Maybe people say, what are you doing that for? What are you doing that for? You know what I'm doing it for? I'm doing it to build not just my life. I'm building my home. I'm building for my family. I'm building for the generations to come. And if I keep building, God will bring me through. And God will honor me. So maybe... You have the calamity of people ridiculing you for decisions you're making. That want to encourage you today. You may be down because of it. God wants to lift you up. And all you have to do is to keep building your life. Keep building on the rock, but keep building your life and keep building for generations to come after you. Because what you do now is going to impact generations to come. Number five. I need to take 20 minutes with us to make up now. Caleb. is a calamity of disappointment. Caleb's a great guy in the Bible. Along with Joseph, Joseph, along with Joshua, he's one of the two good report spies when they went to do a recce in the promised land and they sent 12 guys in to look at it and 10 come back and says, oh, it's great, but there's giants, they're too big for us, we can never take that. Joshua and Caleb say, you know what? Yeah, we can. We've got the faith to believe God. Yes, we can. This is the church. If you like, this is the church leaders. This is not anything to do with church leaders. But there's 12 church leaders or leaders of the tribes of the God's people. They went in, 
in 10 of them come back and says, no, we can't. But Caleb was one that said, yes, we can. Yes, we can. However, the 10 overruled the two. That's what happens in democracy. Just kidding. No. <laughs> the 10. But Caleb was a good man. He was a righteous man. He was a faith man. He was a God-honoring man. He believed for God and what God says was going to come to pass. But just imagine the disappointment for him. Years. Years of living on the failures of other believers. The disappointment of others. Other believers had let him down. Other believers had kept him from fulfilling and achieving what God had for him. He had to live with that. He had the high of seeing the promised land and say, yes, God said it, we're going to get there. This is wild, this is awesome, this is wonderful. We're going to get there, this is wonderful, the future's great. But other people stopped him. How low is that? When other people, and it wasn't just for a day, it was for years. 40 years, 40 years. He had to live with that disappointment. He had to live with that low. But though he may fall, he'll rise again. <laughs> Do you know why his attitude was, I'm going to keep climbing for greater. He came to the point and said, Joshua, when they got there, see that mountain I was promised years ago, that hill country? I want it. Because I've got a spirit inside me that I'm still climbing. I'm still going higher. I'm still achieving more. I still want to see more than I've ever seen before. And I'm going to keep climbing and climbing. And it doesn't matter what others say. It's mine. And I'm taking it in Jesus' name. You keep climbing. Never settle for where you are. They were settling for where they were. And they known, and they were scared to achieve more and to go and possess. Yes, they might win a battle, but God says they were going to give it. I want to tell you, never settle. You might be down, you might be settling for where you are. God wants you to climb higher and to achieve more and believe for more and for greater. In Jesus' name. Keep climbing. Number six, Joseph, the calamity of unfulfilled dreams. Here's a young man. God had given him dreams. Think of the high when God shows you that you're going to be a ruler and authority and people are going to bow down to you. Okay, basically that was his dream. Then the low when he shares it with other people. Now he maybe liked a bit of wisdom in how he shared it with his brothers, but we're not going there today. He had a dream. But when you've got dreams, and God gives you a dream, and say, wow, then the closest to you knock you down. Who do you think you are? Who do you think God would do that for you? Maybe I'm not speaking to him to like that today. But Joseph had the high of the dream that God had given him to the law of his brothers, the closest to them, put him into a pit, selling him into slavery. Where we hope for justice when they needed them. They probably didn't have enough people to get their cars washed, so they couldn't have enough money to get them out. That's probably what happened to them. Just saying. This was slavery. People trafficking by his brothers into a pit. But though he went through and God's hand was still on him and he honoured God, but he ended up in a prison for doing what was right. He ended up being forgotten about by inmates who'd helped him. Who he'd helped, sorry. He was in a pit. From the high to the low for the dreams of a great God-honoring vision and dream and plans for your life to languishing in a prison cell. But you know what Joseph did? He kept the dream alive. 
he kept believing and he kept dreaming. And maybe you have had dreams in your world and people have knocked you. You've had a dream that you believe is a God-given dream. You've got something burning within you and people have knocked you down and pulled it back and said, but a bit more realistic. Just listen. Just, just hedge in a wee bit. Yeah. Maybe you're like that. But I want to encourage you today. Maybe you've been down. Maybe you've fallen down the calamity of unfulfilled dreams and people speaking into your life about, oh, who do you think you are and things like that. But I want to tell you, do you know how you can rise again? By keep dreaming. By keeping the dream that God has given you alive. By keep believing for God to fulfill the God-driven dreams he's given you. And for dreaming bigger and bigger. Because your despair is not as big as your dream. Your dream is greater than your disappointment. Your dream is greater than your despair. Your dream is God-given. And you want to keep believing your dream and keep dreaming for God. Because God can come through and sell. And my prayer is that God just doesn't fulfill your dream, but it goes beyond your wildest dream and fulfills even greater than what you're dreaming. But you need to keep dreaming. See, even it says that the mighty or the righteous may fall seven times, but they will get up again. We often think of that, oh, God does all. No, they will get up again. God will help you, but we need to get up again. It's not all God. We need to connect with God and it needs to be something else that says, you know what, I'm going to get up again. I'm going to get up again. And that was number six. And finally, Paul, the calamity of spiritual warfare. If you read Acts 16, he's in his second missionary journey. The band are going to come up in about 15, 20 minutes. No, the band are going to come up just now. <coughs> And his second missionary journey, people are coming to faith, deliverances are taking place, and they end up in a prison with Silas, stripped, beaten with wooden rods, after being dragged through the streets, severely beaten in a dungeon with their feet clamped in stalks. He was in a spiritual high. They had kind of what we call revival. People are coming to faith. Even people are getting delivered from demonic spirits. That's a high. Wow. But then he ends up in the middle of a stinking, dirty, rotten prison after being beaten in stocks. That's a law. Do you know how he rises again? Do you know how he overcome the calamity of spiritual warfare? I know you've been there. At midnight, he started singing praises. You keep praising God. Do you know how you get down when the spiritual battle's against you and you feel you're under kind of attack or you feel there's a spiritual battle going on? Do you know how you're in? Do you know how you rise up again? Because you keep praising God. You keep worshipping God. You keep glorifying God. You keep honoring God. Even when you don't feel like it, even when you're in stocks and chains in the middle of a dungeon after being beaten to death, almost to death, you keep praising God. And do you know what happens? You rise again. You get lifted up in Jesus' name. Do you know what I love? And I'm closing here. This is what Proverbs said this. We've read it. The godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. May means it might happen. It might happen. You might not go through any of those things. It just... If you don't, then please speak to me. But if you do, it doesn't say they may rise again. It says they will rise again. May is a maybe. It might. Will is a certainty. It's a possibility you may go through stuff. 
But listen, providing you do what these guys did, you keep repenting and receiving God's forgiveness. You keep moving forward. You keep standing for what is right. You keep building for you in the future. You keep climbing higher than ever. You keep dreaming the dreams that God has given you. And you keep praising God. I want to tell you, even though it may happen to you, if you keep on doing that, you will rise again. Wisdom cries, you will rise again. Let's stand, shall we? Father, for everyone who is maybe going through some of the stuff that I've just giving an overview to this morning. Father, I pray that right now you instill something in all of us to keep on keeping on. To keep, Lord, for those who have blown it, thank you for your grace, your forgiveness. Help us to keep coming to you and repenting and embracing your grace and your forgiveness. Father, for those who don't seem to know a way forward, I pray that you'll give them something in them to keep moving. Those who have been knocked down by persecution, I pray you'll put something in them to cause them to keep standing for righteousness and for what is right and truth. For those who have been ridiculed, let them to keep building, not just for their life, but for their families and for the future and for the generations coming after. For those who have had disappointments in church life, for those who have had other believers who have knocked them and not and, and hindered them fulfilling expectations and dreams. Father, I pray that they will keep climbing to achieve more than ever. I pray for those whose dreams have died, Father God, and it seems another going to be fulfilled, that you'll resurrect them again and you'll cause them to keep their dream alive and to keep dreaming. And Father, no matter what's going on, we recognize there is spiritual battle and warfare all the time. But Father God, sometimes it gets us down. Sometimes life hits us. Sometimes the enemy comes and just hits us almost for sight. But Father, I thank you that though we may get hit and calamities come, we will rise again. And I pray you'll put something in us which keeps praising, keeps honoring, keeps worshipping, keeps glorifying, keeps glorifying and honoring our God. And there's a song in our hearts which keeps praising you even through the darkest of days and the worst of circumstances. Because we thank you, Lord, that your victory comes when we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.